Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined once again by the full holy trinity, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson, Mr. Jesse Baker. Boys, how we living today? Living too sweet. How about y'all? All right, buddy, living large and in charge over here in Nashville, Tennessee. Baby Wex breaking the loss and ready for some good old wrestling. Yes, I love it. I'm super excited about it. Today is a very special episode. Uh, we're covering the first half of 2001 in the pro wrestling world uh, versus this, uh, this, this year, the first half of this year, the first half of 2021. It's a 20-year comparison. It's a little bit different. We're not focusing in on one event. We're just focusing in on a business as a whole. I am excited about this. Uh, boys, are you excited to get into this whole, like, I mean, it's a new venture, really. Absolutely. Yeah, buddy. New formats, always fun. Lots of different stuff to run down. Lots of current stuff to run down. And also, I got a, I got a secret question that I did not prep the boys for at the tail end. And we'll see, uh, we'll see mm-hmm. how everybody takes away from it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited right. about it. Wax, well, how you feeling, bud? I'm hyped. We got two of the greatest champions of all time. We're gonna get to go over Kenny Omega and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, yeah, can't go wrong. Can't go yep. wrong. Yep, that's true. Not to mention The Rock is going to be involved in this conversation for sure. Uh, the Rock. The Rock for sure. The. Um, yeah, there we go. Uh, let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. Then let's just dive right into the news and notes for the current product today. I mean, I feel like everybody's talking about this right now, but we kind of have to, right? I mean, it seems like it's everywhere there. I still don't know until I see it with my own eyes, but, you know, this whole CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, both going to AEW, that is, I I mean, monumental on a different, I mean, this this is massive, right? I mean, is it not? Wex, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, like, Everyone, the rumors are going around everything, but I'm not going to believe it until I see it happen. Like, yeah, I'm more so more believe that Daniel Bryan is more than CM Punk. CM Punk's the one that I'm like, is he really? Because Daniel Bryan's an active wrestler who just recently had a contract and Punk hasn't wrestled in years. So, yeah, there's no telling. Yeah. Jesse, how you feeling about the uh, the Punk and Bryan situation? I am honest to God, just I, I hope they don't do it at the same time, because I don't think that that's conducive to anything i think that uh, you're wasting one of you're wasting both kind of when you do it that way like yeah we want to see brian punk sure whatever there are places to see that in the past when they're younger that's fine but if they bring them in right now both at the same time like why not pop two ratings why not pop two entirely long programs and then lead up to the pentultimate hey we're gonna do punk brian in fucking new japan a year from now But let's debut Rampage with Daniel Bryan, and then when Dynamite has to change to TBS, let's debut that with Punk, or the other way around, or whatever the fuck. I'm just hoping if it is both of them that they don't do it at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I I could see them. I don't think that that's going to happen just because, I mean, um, isn't it's August or when we're doing uh, when they're doing All Out, right? Yes, All Out's in August, right? All Out's in September, I think. September, but but Ramp. Rampage debuts August 13th. So yeah. this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It debuts. Okay. See, my biggest concern is that like, see him like, I think it like maybe they both did sign, but punk's like not wrestling. Like they just signed him to like, 
to to do an appearance or something. You It'll know what I mean? Like to fucking somebody to Ricky Starks or something. No, no, what? I don't even I don't even mean that. Like I think like he'll just show up and like pull like a Mark Henry or a Big Show where he just shows up and waves and that's pretty much it. And it's a segue to another wrestling angle. Like so all out is September fifth. So it's it's okay. about three weeks from the debut of AEW Rampage on TNT on Friday, August thirteenth. And if Punk debuts anywhere, it's going to be in Chicago, right? Am yeah, I, for mean, sure. Yeah, for sure. It has to be. It has to be. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, dudes. I don't think the Punk thing's going down. I think if anything, he does some. Uh, maybe Daniel, maybe like you might be right, but I don't think he's coming back as a wrestler. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, yeah. Soon. And if he does, I think he's just milking the fucking cash yeah. cow right now, dude. Yeah. I think he's just loving the attention. Uh, he's not denying anything. I don't know. I mean. Okay. What all right. So, 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 all right. So let, let's just say, let's just say, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do the what ifs, Wex. Hit me with it. Hit me with your what if. And what if they did sign both of them, but one of them just went to go wrestle in New Japan for a while because of that partnership and then let them have like a good run in Japan for like a year and then bring them both together. Sure. Yeah. See, to me, you bring well, you don't in waste, like. So you don't waste the double pop. Like you said, you don't waste it all in one. You can let one go away for a while, then bring them back. Or, yeah, okay, I don't know, but you could totally do a, like, Punk, Brian, and maybe even AJ Lee and do this whole thing. Like, you guys don't really know what you're doing. Like, we'll show you how it's supposed to be done. This whole, like, heel big, like, I don't know if that would really work just because, like, I feel like they're going to be so over no matter what they do. Like, they're they both going to be massive they, baby faces. I mean, like, I got point. What about good bros? Have a falling out with Omega and the Bucks. And the new leader of that version of the Bullet Club, the ex-leader of the Straight Edge Society himself, Punk. They go fuck off to New Japan for a while and go back and feud with OG Bullet Club for a good little bit. Punk probably doesn't even physically get involved very much at all. Right. Then it builds to the big fat fucking denouement of Punk Omega a year from now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if, if Punk comes in to wrestle, though, they're going to hot shot that angle. Like, And let's be honest, too. Okay, let's just, all right. Daniel Bryan and Punk come in at the same time. Who's the bigger star right away? Punk. 100% it's Punk. 100%. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. And that's why that kind of sucks. Like, Even though he hasn't wrestled in years, he's still more over? Of course, of course. he is. The and thing that's is, why. I'm not even, that's why I'm not even so a over. really big fan of CM Punk as a wrestler. Like when he, like I was never really that big of a fan. Daniel Bryan, I'm actually or Brian Daniels, whatever you want to call him now. I've, I've always been a fan of him. So it, it's because Punk's little David Goliath story happened first and happened over Cena, and was a very. It was one of the first like other than wrestling journalism publicized. Like that pipe bomb promo was all over banned Twitter accounts, fucking ESPN, all that other shit. Before that was hyper common for them. And it, it that, that was, you know, a lot of people saw it as a shoot, which it kind of was. It was just an allowed one. It was a yeah. work shoot. But, well, yeah, yeah. you know, it was what it was. But, I mean, that was just a bigger deal. And then Brian comes along a little bit later. And they should have given Brian his moment in the sun when he deserved it, which was that same year. But it didn't happen that way. But, the uh, you know, I just think, the yes movement, the whole obey authority, yada, yada, yada stuff, you know, that happened later. And it was against, I'm sorry, but beating Batista and Orton in a triple threat after going over Triple H is a monumental accomplishment. But it is not retaining the title on the last day of your contract, as far as everybody knows, in your hometown against John fucking Cena. It's not the same yeah. thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I, I mean, I feel like the better wrestling is going to be Brian Danielson. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, no way around that. Like Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega is a much better match to me than Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I could see CM Punk wrestling Hangman Page and it being really damn good. I could see him, you know, working. Honestly, I could see him doing like a, a Cody thing now that Cody is who he is now. Um, I feel like that. I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of meat on Daniel the bone. Ryan, man. I think Punk. Oh, I think man. Punk could actually drag a decent, like a good wrestling match out of even like a Jericho. I think he could drag a good oh, one sure. out of. For sure. I think he might be able to drag a decent wrestling match out of fucking Moxley as long as he's allowed to carry it. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I would yeah. agree with that too for sure. I mean, and there's there's meat on the bone there too. I mean, dude, honestly, Christian and Punk would be really damn good. Like, yeah, I'd I'd be all into that for sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's there's a lot there, a lot of meat on the bone there. We're gonna keep monitoring the situation between uh, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, AEW. I will say, I read the dirt sheets that I read said that AEW is changing their booking plans upcoming because of them signing both of them. They're basically rewriting some shit because. I mean, they would have to. Yeah, you have to, right? How do you not? You're just like, hey, we'll put these two guys on dark. It'll be fine. Punk, we'll just work them in. What if Punk just comes on and he's like the Vince of AEW? Like, what if he's just like the backstage, like he's the GM or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, what if he just becomes the authority figure that he hates? Like, I feel I, like he I has he has the promo to to do that. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. There's so there's so much meat on the bone there. Honestly, I don't really know if there's much more news and notes because it's been everywhere is there anything else that's been happening in the, in the yeah. current news and notes wex I, I got i got one thing that can lead into another uh tomorrow night on aw dynamite we have chris jericho taking on nick gage in a yes. basically a death match and a no rules match and then got some big nick gage news over the weekend we did he was defeated by mr <laughs> woo woo himself matt wow, cardona dude. zach Ryder. insane dude did you, you guys see the video of that though like, I it, watched it, the fucking show. It felt so 1996. Like it was cla- like that crowd. You know that they haven't had that large of a crowd in that hall ever. I don't think. Yeah. And they absolutely 110 percent had classic ECW vibes. It was electricity through and through. And I hate even using that word because it's so fucking cliche. But there's no other way to describe it. Honestly, that yeah. card top to bottom was the shit. You had first of all Marco and Starboy Charlie which had no right to be a great match was fucking incredible. And that, as an opener, but also just as a match on the card, they tore it yeah. the fuck down. Yeah. Tony Deppin and Ninja Mac, Ninja Mac. I mean, I love Tony Deppin. Everybody does Ninja Mac though. That dude was busting out some weird, crazy flow style shit. I've never seen. You have, in my opinion, match of the night, AJ gray, the motherfucking truth against no flinch, Nolan Edward. They completely brought it. They tore the house down. It was one of my favorite matches I've seen this year. Fucking Grim Reefer versus Too Cold Scorpio. Too Cold, at his age, first off, they used a joint as a prop throughout the match, which was fucking hilarious. I love that. Second off, it was still a really well-worked match. Third off, (laughs) that moonsault leg drop at Scorpio's age, he still nails it. Fucking just what a feat to watch. Incredible match. Uh, Alex Cologne versus Drew Parker death match was some shit that you just do not see. Alex Cologne got fucked up pretty early on, but it was amazing, amazing bout. They had a hellacious scramble. 
a great tag match where Mance fucking Warner and Matthew Justice, the second gear crew, won the GCW tag team titles, rightfully so. Effie fought frontman Ja in a really crazy nipple-biting match. And <laughs> it was it all came to a head. MDK all fucking day, Nick fucking Gage versus Matt Cardona. And I got to say this. If anybody has any other takeaway than the fact that Cardona went above and beyond to prove that he wasn't there to fuck around, like he took so much punishment throughout that match. I, I was yeah. extremely, extremely surprised. And they had the crowd the entire fucking time. I mean, watching Nick Gage's entrance in that crowd, you thought he was never going to make it to the ring. Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely insane. And the the entire time, it kept up that same vibe. And, like, they had the crowd in the palm of their fucking hand. There was a lot of interference. There was a lot of gaga. But by the time Cardona fucking hit that Rough Rider and hit that one, two, three, that's that's, like fucking nwo heel turn hogan level crazy yeah. massive yeah it's so insane so great insane man insane really cool to see uh it's awesome to kind of see cardona be able to get to become like a pro wrestler you know and not be like just a sports entertainment guy and it's like i mean i'll be totally honest like i didn't see this side of him ever being a thing so hats off to him for reinventing himself and like making himself worth more money now than he was before um, I mean, he damn, is a dude. true fucking heel right now. He is yeah. generating oh. real fucking heat. Love it. I love it. Yeah, I, it's amazing. So the master of just taking that shit in his own hands and using, I mean, let's be honest, using the Internet to get himself over once again, I, like which Why would you not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he's been doing that from fucking day one. Oh, yeah. Breaking news. He is uh, he's thinking about changing the name of the championship to the GCW Universal Championship, he said. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love, love, love that. I think that's so awesome. Also, for anyone that didn't catch the show, there were two really great theme song pops for me. They originally played his Zack Ryder theme and then switched to the Always Ready before he came out. And uh, when they played like the O Radio song, that yeah. whole crowd was fucking hot. Immediately. Immediately. I bet it was just like nuclear, just like fuck you. Yeah. And then uh, during amazing. during the whole thing, while he was down and Gage was up, and Gage is like looking like he's about to get the win, Judas hits, complete with the Titantron. And some dude runs out in the same little Ooga Booga costume that Zack Ryder was wearing when he did his interference thing. And of course it was not Jericho, but that's what we were led to believe. But it was one of those like the whole crowd turns and everybody mobs the entranceway. And they had me fooled for sure. Because if anybody's going to do some shit like that, it's Jericho. Jericho would do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, 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 was so who was under the hood? Who was actually under the hood? It was a, I mean, if it was anybody whose name you were supposed to know, nobody figured it out. Because basically Gage ripped the hood off and fucking shoved him out of the ring. I mean, but it was definitely not Chris Jericho. Wow. Cool. I like that. Wow. It was something else, man. They well did a good job. I wonder what Jericho has to say about that, though. I'm sure he was in on it. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely. I'm sure they they probably called him like, "Hey, can we just play your music?" He's like, "Yeah, man, sure, whatever." Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's <laughs> well, it tomorrow, still... so it makes sense, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it should be an exciting one to watch for sure. Oh yes. Let's speaking of yeah. that, yeah. Who? Well, how how gnarly do you think that's gonna be tomorrow? Ooh. Nick Gage and Chris Jericho. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be too gnarly because it's gonna be on cable television. What? It's not gonna Rick be Bates, like. Dude, they've been getting bloody as fuck on TNT. Is all I'm saying. They've surprised yeah. us a couple of times, man. There were some no DQ matches in the past that I was like, wow. <laughs> like, did not. I mean, expect they did have blood, blood and guts. Remember when there, Christopher Daniels got that match was bloody. 
Remember how much Christopher Daniels bled in that one match against the Young Bucks when he got busted open? Oh, yeah. yeah I forgot about that. <laughs> Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker alone, man. Like, yeah. yeah, that was heavy. That was heavy. It's going to be good either way. I mean, I feel like AEW is really on the press. I mean, okay, like, the last thing I'll say about these new signings, everything else, I feel like AEW is, like, this is the first time I've ever felt like they really could actually be competition and not just an alternative. Like they could, if they keep doing what they're doing and WWE keeps doing what they're doing, it is feasible for AEW to be the number one wrestling company in the world. Dynamite's already competing with raw ratings is all I'm saying. It's crazy. It's crazy. Not if you want to tonight. I mean, dude, honestly, yeah, dude, to me, like, listen, like I watched raw a couple, like a week or so ago and it wasn't bad. I didn't hate it, but I just, it's been so long since I watched those shows that like, I had just disassociated myself with them. I do not miss dynamite. I don't really watch dark that, that often or elevation. I'm not really a YouTube guy, but I will, I do not miss dynamite. I just don't like me either. I, I either watch it live or like the next just, morning. And last, watched- last week was seriously one of the best shows they've had. Like, I just, I feel like the last three weeks just keep getting better and better yeah. and better. Yeah, they have great programming every single week. It's exciting every single week. I could not tell you what the main event of SmackDown is going to be on Friday. You know what I mean? Uh, I could, I John Cena, I don't know, Roman Reigns, something like that. Something, something like, like that. Or, you know, I mean, Sami Zayn's been putting in some good work. Big E's been putting in some good work. Apollo Crews has been putting in some good work. They have great talent on SmackDown. Oh, of course. They have great talent on Raw. What yes. has, I, watched, I watched Raw last night. And we were treated to uh, Bobby Lashley bitching about how he got challenged by Goldberg and then taking on both Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin in a handicapped squash match. And he just squashed him? Mm-hmm. That's wrong. That sounds very... <laughs> God, so it's just the creative is trash. That's all it is. Yeah. Maybe Bruce should just go back to the podcast because I feel like he has not helped anything since he's went back to the creative. <laughs> I'll say, I mean, when, you know, Bobby Lashley for the very first time actually looks like someone who deserves to hold that belt for in, sure. his, in his own way. It's just bad writing. Are but, they holding the Lesnar, maybe? I don't know. I mean, they got Goldberg coming back. I mean, what's the next one? Got to be, right? Have, like, speaking of that, have you seen the memes that has Chris, that has a uh, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, and uh, Brock Lesnar in the AEW ring, but they're all at the NWO and Tony Schiavone's interviewing them? Oh, that would be so sick, though. I mean, like, I'm not even a Brock Lesnar guy, but if Brock Lesnar, okay, if they, if they found a way to debut Brock, action. Punk, and Brian, and they're like, we're taking over, we're going to show you rinky-dink company how you're actually supposed to sell, like, tickets around here, you know? Oh, I think it would be amazing, man. I think it would be incredible. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like fun. All right, let's get in our way back machine. Let's go to 2001, 20 years ago, around now. What was the scope of pro wrestling? We're going to talk about from January of 2001 until roughly July of 2001. Uh, What was going on at the time? Uh, I'll try to set the stage a little bit. We do have The Rock is first going into movies. Like, I'm pretty sure Scorpion King was right around this time. Uh, He's also doing episodes of, like, uh, Star Trek Voyager. He's becoming Hollywood Rock for sure. Uh, we're not quite to the Brock Lesnar era yet. We're not. We're like in this little awkward window where Stone Cold is kind of a heel, except he still get the biggest pop every single night, and the crowd just <laughs> cheers him to death. So I don't. I mean, I don't know. I guess he's a heel. 
Uh, and then ECW is coming to an end. WCW, even though I do feel like those last few months of product were actually starting to get a little bit better, they ended up falling off. You know, it was announced on Nitro that Eric Bischoff was buying the company. That did not happen. And then we got the angle, the invasion angle. We have tons to talk about here. Uh, me being the WCW guy, I am going to like just go ahead and chat a little bit about what was going on in January. In uh, January of 2001 for WCW, it was the Sin pay-per-view. And the main event there was Scott Steiner versus Jeff Jarrett versus Sid Vicious versus Road Warrior Animal. Wow. Boys, <laughs> I feel like that's a walk-off home run right there. Describing what WCW 2001 was like. I feel like that's WWE universe mode is what it sounds like. It does. It does sound like that. Is this the one where he broke his ankle? No, that was a, uh, that was a different show. That was, uh, like, I, I want to say that was a T. No, maybe it was the next pay-per-view. I can't remember. I'll find out in a minute, but. Yeah, I can't remember either. But yeah, I mean, January of, of WCW. I mean, this is around the time where it's like, it's going down January, 2001. Um, I mean, Road Warrior Animal in the main event. Like, what's happening here? I don't know. It's just a single. It was. It, it was that show. That was the show. And this, okay. So, the, okay. So the infamous gift that we all saw as kids on America Online of, of Sid in jorts with his ankle literally dangling in his boot. That was this show. Yep. That's how WCW kicked off 2001. Jesse, what do we have from ECW in 2001? What was what was going on around January here? Maybe yeah. in the end of, end of 2000. We have ECW's very, very last pay-per-view as a company, uh, at least under its original rule. I don't count the rest of them, but uh, yeah. Guilty is charged on the 7th of January in New York, New York. They had a lot of different champions going on at this time. Rhino was the big focus of the company, uh, and deservedly so. I mean, you had a young Svelte. Terry Guerin, he really was ready to go. And Steve Carino, just incredible. They had a lot of prime talent. However, what they didn't have was a fully booked card. And they had some surprise matches. They had a lot of Gaga at the front of the pay-per-view. There were like seven matches that weren't matches. Probably not seven, more like three either way. You know, <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah, we watched that. <laughs> you know, they're, they're coming out of a lot of bullshit with TNN and, you know, Heyman's not being able to cash checks. They're losing all of their name talent. There's a lot of crazy shit going on. Yeah. There was an unannounced main event. No one knew what the main event was going to be, but everyone kind of figured, and it wound up coming true, which was Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam had already been known to be WWF, but Classic. it was kind of a, like a comeback. Hey, we know what's going on here. We're going to send this out with a smile. And, uh, yeah. yeah. RVD defeats Jerry Lynn in a singles match. Jerry Lynn accompanied by Cyrus, who we affectionately now know as Don Callis. Mm -hmm. And then that, my friends, is the end of the fucking company. They did a couple of more tapings, and checks continued to not get cashed, and no more ECW until the invasion. Yeah, and I feel like it's fair to also say that, uh, you know, and I think Jesse's brought it up before, but, you know, Paul Heyman didn't, wasn't, Paul Heyman jumped ship. While ECW is still sinking, he was showed up on WWF TV and he wasn't the one to actually end ECW, which is insane when you think about it historically. That Tommy Dreamer is the one that turned the lights yeah. out. And uh, and a lot of the guys didn't know that entire time that they had been bankrolled for years by WWF. And so a lot of them didn't know to negotiate or reach out or that people had been watching yeah. them. They just figured, hey, we're going to come get our 
you know, our payday, our hotel, little Ratsky, and uh, go about our merry way. And Balls Mahoney was never happier. Hey, Wex, <laughs> what do we have in January of 2001? I think that's Royal Rumble time, right? Yeah, of course. WWF always kicks off January with that Royal Rumble, and that was the historic third time that Stone Cold Steve Austin had won the Royal Rumble, leading Amazing. up to... Obvious, arguably the greatest WrestleMania of all time against The Rock, but uh, this paper and but this pay per view, the champion was actually Kurt Angle, and he was the champion right there at the beginning of two thousand. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. And so, and yeah, so and we also, what else did we have? We had a Feb, what was the February pay per view for WWF in two thousand one? What did uh, they have? It is No Way Out. Yeah, nice, nice. What was on No Way Out? No Way Out. Uh, let's see. The main event of No Way Out was here we go. The Rock defeating Kurt Angle, winning the WWF Championship that led to him facing Stone Cold. Yeah. Now, so I feel like I feel like in this first these first couple months, it's like very clear to see. Now that we've talked about WCW, ECW, and WWF, why WWF handedly won. I mean, not to mention just the money, obviously, but like. I know ECW didn't really have a dog in the fight as far as that 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 goes, but I mean, come on, man! Like, and we... oh yeah, but uh, that February pay per view was the second to the last Attitude Era pay per view. Only one more technical Attitude Era pay per view after this. Really? Technical. So they stopped referring to it as Attitude Era after Mania. Really? Yep. yep. So WrestleMania 17 was the very last ever. Well, because they got rid of attitude era. No more fucking competition. Everybody else was gone. So they're like, yeah, this is just our era now. This is Captain Monopoly money right here. (laughs) Captain Monopoly money. They owned WCW. So there was the, it was just the. Also, you got to throw out the real main event of No Way Out, not the last match. Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in the two out of three falls match. That was the real. Oh, Oh, yeah. Is that three stages of hell? It, uh, two out of, I mean, it was just a singles, a street fight, and a cage. Yes. Yes, and then then they became tag team partners soon after that. That is yes. correct. That match though is yeah, fantastic. Like, I think I think that that's probably top five Stone Cold Steve Austin like bell to bell wrestling matches. Honestly, yeah, yep. that's great. That's pre heel turn too, so his pops are still yes. warranted. Still, yeah, still very much. And then on the WCW side in February. We had Super Brawl Revenge, the very last ever Super Brawl. And that was actually from right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Municipal Auditorium, baby. The main event on that card was Scott Steiner versus Kevin Nash. Um, in a with- two, <laughs> two out of three falls, loser leaves WCW. Yeah, if yeah. only everybody knew how that was going to turn out. Yep, 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 yep. yep that's, uh, and I do believe that Kevin Nash did the job happily to go home and collect his mailbox money, as Jim Ross refers to it. Um, yeah, that's great, man. That's great. And we were all done with ECW, right? So I'll just keep it rolling here. In March, uh, right around the time you're getting ready for re- the road to WrestleMania, we get greed from WCW. Um, you know what? I'm going to say it, though. I remember like reviewing this, and it wasn't a bad show overall. Like I felt like the show was actually pretty good. The main event, Scott Steiner versus DDP. Main event's trash on the show. Uh, but there's a couple other, I think like Jason Jett, who was easy money, uh, had like a really good match with somebody. I can't remember who he worked on that, on that card, but Kiwi. Yeah. Kiwi. Yeah. That's right. Kiwi. And it was a really good match though. I, I remember it being, being pretty awesome. And that was the, that was actually the, the opener 
Uh, Team Canada versus Hugh Morris and Conan was surprisingly pretty good. Shane Helms versus Chavo Guerrero Jr. was super good. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there was, there was some pretty good stuff on, on, on there for sure. Dustin and Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair and Jeff Jarrett was pretty funny. That I remember was, it being very gaga. Yeah, that was my favorite because you got those promos of Dusty back there, like, eating a bunch of burritos, getting ready to make sure they had to suffer. Yeah, because it was like a kiss his ass match or something like that. Kiss yeah, my ass he was like just that. like, yeah, he was just going to make sure it was, you know what I mean? Hey now, hey now, hey now. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much where we were at there. Um, but what did we have post-WrestleMania in WWF? So post-WrestleMania, I want to say it's back, yeah, Backlash, of course, Backlash, and that is starting off in, eight, It's they had two pay-per-views in April technically because WrestleMania was April 1st, Right. And Backlash was April 29th. But yeah. Backlash, ooh, it was a main event winner-take-all tag team champion match with Stone Coach Steve Austin teaming with the two-man power trip partner, Triple H, and they took on mm-hmm. Brothers of Destruction. And we watched that together recently, and it's one of those long matches that you're kind of like, fuck, for a while, but then it gets really good, and you get all the classic shit yeah. going on. You're like... It takes them a long time to get it going. Yeah, yeah it is, but uh, that was... yeah. And I just I'm looking up on the Wikipedia right now, and Jerry Lynn was actually in the dark match of that show, and he beat Crash Holly. Oh yeah, that's why he. Uh, I, I think was he in dark or was he on Sunday Night Heat? Because I seem to remember him bitching about that on WWE. Uh, well, just it just says dark match, but I think they were still. I think all the dark matches were Sunday Night Heat matches. Yeah, I think I'm that's correct. the way. Yeah, the pre-show. I mean, yeah, I think that's pretty much. Oh how yeah, it works. and Rhino versus Raven for that the hardcore. That was a great match too. Rhino versus Raven. Oh, that's right. That's no, right. That's, that's right. That's the one where he, uh, the shopping cart, and he like, yeah, wars yeah. himself through the shopping cart. That was yeah. a pretty sick match. Yeah, we Oh, the that Duchess well. of Queenberries met the that fuck William Regal and Chris Jericho. That's a great match. That was a great. We match. just covered that pay per view recently, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. we covered Hart most of these, but the thirty minute submission match, like, a lot of good. That's a great. That's a pretty good pay per view. And then you have that random Matt Hardy Christian Eddie Guerrero triple threat match that was yes. like towards the end of the card. Yes, but it wasn't bad. No, it wasn't bad. It was just random and didn't fit the placement. But that was that was a solid pay per view. So, and at this point, they got no WC. Pretty to have no WCW or WWF to deal with, right? Yeah. No WCW, no ECW, no none yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah, nothing. So it's just WWF is the. And the they haven't. They haven't really put they haven't put into full swing any of their acquisitions from WCW either. So far, we've right. seen them in an opera box at Mania. Yep, and yep. that's, that's really what I was it. gonna say. Which is so like degrading, by the way. Like I feel like that's the worst part of that whole mania is that like why would you even do that? Like I don't know. Seeing, I get it. Seeing, like, a bad it was all like fucking low mid carters. Like nobody right. you actually knew was there because they're well, also, like. I mean, the tag team champions are there. I mean, the U.S. champions there. It's I mean, but, I don't know. It's not but nobody's. Was, but. was Booker T there? Was DDP there? Was like the main event guys there? Yeah, probably not. They just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. I'll tell you who was there. Goddamn Johnny Ace was there. Johnny Ace, yes, he Johnny was. Johnny Ace was there. He was there indeed. Um, okay, moving moving on then. What do we have? Uh, when did we actually start to get that invasion angle going? When was that? The invasion? Oh, well, the thing is the next pay-per-view we get in May is a very special pay-per-view. The one that only happened in, uh, in England, Insurrection. Oh, it's very special. Very well, special. It's it, not special because it's it, it was there. They don't really and All technically right, what, what happened. What happened in insurrection? Uh, the Undertaker was fa- uh, he actually had an opportunity to win the WWF Championship. He had to have a handicap match against the two man power trip, but he had to pin Austin. He won, but he didn't pin Austin, so uh, he didn't win the belt. 
And then another but, May pay-per-view in Judgment Day. Yes, they also did. That's the next one right there. And Judgment Day 2001 is a, you know, it's, it's another classic. And the main event, uh, Stone Cold defending against the, the title against The Undertaker in a no-holes-barred match, which they say no-holes-barred, they'll say no-DQ, but essentially it's the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say point, so. Like, this week, Chris Jericho's match is a no-rules match, but, like, come on now. Triple H uh, defending the Intercontinental Championship against Kane in a chain match, which is random as hell. That chain match wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. No, it wasn't. Not that I remember, at least. And then we get another two out of three fall Kurt Angle-Chris Benoit match that they have, like, 20 this year. 2001, that's all they do is wrestle each other. Those were good matches, though. I mean, I feel like this is... In in the first part of 2001, that's all they do. Yeah. 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 Is there any more notable matches on that card? Uh... Oh, that random Rhino Big Show test hardcore triple threat match. Uh, yeah. China's uh, one of is that China's last match. One of China's think, last matches in or is that wrestle? Yeah, I think yeah, I, I so. want to say her last match was I like at Backlash or well no it might be that she defeated China because it says China defeated uh, Lita. Remember that yeah. really bad match. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That was I mean, awful. That, that was her last. That was her last ever WWF match. Because they talked mm-hmm. about how bad it was. That was it. God damn. Well, yeah. If you guys want to see the worst and last match of China's career, go check it out. I don't know about worst, but uh, no, definitely I mean, last. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one with Ivy uh, Ivory? Oh yeah. At, at WrestleMania. This <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's oh, pretty yeah. bad too. Oh yeah, we got, oh yeah, we got that surprise. We got Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit, his surprise partner, win that tag team turmoil match. That's right. That's right. That's right. That was a great yeah. match. Yeah, yeah, that was, that good. was a solid one right there. Yeah. To answer your question though, the invasion angle occurs. It kind of begins at the next WWF pay per view. King of the Ring, two thousand one. Right. King of the Ring. Yeah. When Booker T comes in in that triple threat. And then Austin slides off, fucking breaks whatever he broke his collarbone, I think something like that. And then, yeah. uh, and then there was a different like a, uh, I think Benoit suplexed Jericho off the top and legitimately broke his own neck. And then oh, that yeah. that action for like nine months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh and that was uh, and so the uh, invasion was July, right? Yeah, the pay per view was yes. Yeah. So, did I mean, I know you guys know this, but, like, you know, it, it was the most bought pay-per-view outside of WrestleMania. I think to this day, it's the most bought ever Invasion? pay-per-view outside of, yes, out of, out of well, yeah. I mean, think about that. It was a very fucking big deal at the time. You're like, the right. the two companies who were going against you, they're finally going to fucking, you know. I would argue that was the clip, though. I would say, like, people did buy it, tuned in, and it didn't meet expectations, and then droves of people stopped watching. Sure, but you Whoa. also have to keep in mind that if that still holds that record, that means that it beats the rest of the big four in every other year. Yeah. That's I mean, maybe crazy. not still. I don't know about still. I know as of like 17, 18, but that's crazy. And let's not forget about one of the greatest matches of all time. Definitely Shane McMahon's best match of all time he's ever had against Kurt Angle in that goddamn street fight. Oh, yeah. King of the ring. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, sure. Like, Jeez. What's funny about this is that after WrestleMania 17, they did that heel turn on Austin. The pay-per-view buys sunk. Like, mm-hmm. they went to, you know, fours, four and a half, yep. so on and so forth. They were, like, way, way, way bad up until Invasion, which did, like, 775 or whatever it did. And then, obviously, went back down. 
which is kind of just insane to think about. It's like, man, here you have this whole fucking thing in the palm of your hands, and somehow, somehow, it shits the bit. Yeah. Yeah, kinda. I mean, I think that that's, I think that was the beginning of the downfall for WWE, uh, or WWF still at this point. Hey, do you know what the tagline for King of the Ring 2001 was? What? <laughs> my muscles ache. My mind is spent. My body is broken. My <laughs> My body is broken. Lead me to my throne. I just saw that on Wikipedia. Nice. But I don't remember nice. that. Any? Oh, yeah, dude. It's like, oh, yeah, never mind. It's like spaced out all weird on the fucking cover, if you guys remember. It's like it's like some of the words are in all caps and some yeah. of them are small. Yeah. 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 Good old 2001 production. Love it. So here's the thing that we really legitimately do have to think about, though. Like... Triple H tore his quad in what, May? Uh, I think so, I, yes. Something, something like that. that. And then Rock was off to do movies. Yeah. How, I mean, this invasion angle, do you think it would have been better or worse had they been there? Better, of course. They're, but it would have, only thing that would have made it better is if we had some equivalents on the WCW yes. side. We had Goldberg. Would, and, yes. Honestly, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? So, like, these these are legit possibilities. This is one guy who left for the movies and then one guy who in Triple H who definitely would have been there had he not gotten hurt. So, it's like. Well, by the same possibilities, WWF had the money, could have matched the contracts. Like, I mean, I know that, like, both Hall and Nash were like, yo, if they would have paid us more money, we would have jumped. Yeah. I mean, Dude, we, why would not? Why would we? have been involved on the WCW yeah. side. And then, or, 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 or even just if they just got Hogan, like if they yeah. just got Hogan, that would have made everything. Uh, different. What happened? See, I don't even I don't even jump to those okay. three. I'm like, if, like at that point in time, coming off of what WCW had been doing, if you could have afforded to match for my first three, I think of if you could have afforded to match Sting. Yeah. Goldberg. Yeah. And one that they got that I just really thought they misused. If you fucking put DDP in the rock and a feud coming out of that fucking thing. That would have been money, but obviously Rock wasn't there. There was no way to do that. Got to bring an easy E too. You got to get him in. I agree having those, but the thing, you know how they did the whole thing where they had uh, Stone Cold switch and go to join W or was it Stone Cold joined WCW for a while? Imagine if, imagine if they would have had like Holler Nash defect to WWF and like go back to you know. They could have. Yeah. That would have been. I feel like they could have done so much. Work would have sucked though, is the thing. Like that's like right here. We're looking at peak workers. We're not looking yeah, at a bunch of Scott anybody Hall anybody and here. Nash at this like, point in their career are yeah. not peak workers. No, I that's agree. right. But, I agree. Well, we don't need the. We don't need them for the working. We need them for the angle, the story part. They can just. I go think. In. I think if you bring in. I think if you bring in, Flair, and Eric Bischoff alone on the mic oh, yeah. and able to and able to do more there with that more of Eric in the back persuading older WCW guys maybe like I know the guys fought it but like if you would have gotten Jericho to come back over to that side during sure. the angle that would have been great if you would have gotten or Eddie yeah or Eddie yeah I mean or or Benoit or any I mean honestly any of them like I feel like it yeah. would have worked out great Dustin but... Rhodes they brought gold dust back as Dustin yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's a that's um, a, that was a big that's mistake. Dead water gold, right brought, there. Gold, brought gold dust back as uh, what was that fucking? Never mind, that gimmick was uh, seven. Seven. No, seven. Or, yeah, that was it. Seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if they brought, if, what if, what if, hypothetically, couple months into the invasion, the the raw right before the pay per view, the WWF's new star because they're unsure about Stone Cold, J E double F. Oh my god! <laughs> I listened to my world today. I did too. Uh, I, I, I listened to this. 
Yeah, his fucking say. vignettes were sick. Oh, Dude, man. That would have been so fun. Well, okay, I think we've pretty much well covered what was happening in 2001, the face of the company. You had two dead companies. You had WWF reigning supreme, Mr. Monopoly Money straight up just running that whole thing. Let's jump over here. Uh, I'm going to go to the WWE <coughs> side. We'll get uh, Wex on the AEW side, and we'll get Jesse on the Impact side because, I mean, bet- okay, let's think about this just for a split second. In the past 20 years... Let's talk about the wrestling companies that have kind of peaked and gone away and or gone down, down significantly. Uh, I won't say I think impacts better now than it's ever been. I will say that. But I say, as far as popularity, it's not as popular as, as TNA was, let's say, oh, nine, 2010, uh, you know, when they were really doing pretty well on Spike. It's crazy to think that. We've seen, and I, I, Ring of Honor is another one. I mean, that was, I, I would argue that was one of the bigger companies, period. And the last Ring of Honor pay-per-view that I saw, it was scarce with people up in that in that place, man. Uh, was, and they've got it, great talent. Like, Are you talking about Best in the World? Yeah. Yeah, so it was very scarce with people, which is disappointing because the show was fucking phenomenal. Really good, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this, uh, uh, well, I'm not, I don't mean to disparage Impact or TNA or Ring of Honor. I'm just talking about the facts here, like, they were bigger in that 20-year period. They came up and they peaked. You know what I mean? And now they're kind of back down. Or maybe it's a peak and valley. I think Impact's definitely on their way up. I think this year specifically, we'll, we'll talk about that, has done so much, like, so well for Impact. But let's get into it here with the WWE side. We started off 2021, coming out of a pandemic. No one's going to live shows. Crazy. 2020 was the worst and weirdest and also kind of – I feel like we're going to look back on fondly at some point, honestly, with some of the wrestling. Um, it was just such a weird time. So we can't like we can't get into 2021 really without talking about how crazy the pandemic was. Did you guys ever think that we would watch a year's worth of wrestling television, essentially, with no one in the audience at all? No, not at all. I mean, and the first WrestleMania uh, in back in 2020, when it first happened was like one of the first Google hangout things I did with anybody. It was just kind of the, Hey, you know, we would normally get together, but let's do this instead. And that became sort of a saving grace for my head while we were all still in quarantine. But it, it was very, uh, I mean, it's such a weird thing to navigate. I can't imagine what it's like for the talent. I can't imagine what it's like for the promoters, not to mention, I got to say the indie wrestlers, I was in touch with a lot of those cats that had huge amounts of bookings, especially for WrestleMania weekend in Tampa and all that stuff that their yeah. entire fucking year is based off of. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and as that comes out, all their merch, all their like newly launched characters, shows they had done and all that just falls by the wayside. And it's like, fuck, I guess I'm going to go, you know, get a job choose a different career now and a yeah. lot of them did and it's it's sad i mean there uh, quite a few came back which is awesome to see but man it's it's a blow it's a blow for sure um so the uh, the first special we have is the superstar spectacle uh it's oh, tropicana God. field it's uh the final match there is drew mcintyre and uh the indu indu shears indu shear uh, Rinku and Sarav versus Jinder Mahal and the Bollywood Boys. I don't remember this special at all. Wasn't this was this one of those ones that they did just for, um, like Saudi, and we didn't even see it? I, I, I this is kind of, I mean, I remember into Share when they were still when they were still called that. And, you know, that now they're Jinder Mahal's backing boys at this yeah. point in time. And Bollywood boys are gone. 
Um, dude, I don't remember this at all. I can't say that I can either. Like, yeah, I don't remember watching it at all. familiar, but was it in America? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, everything was. It was still in. It was in Tropicana Field is the Thunderdome. Oh, okay, so it so was in the Thunderdome. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, maybe I watched this. Maybe we just didn't cover it. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think we. Could, maybe we did cover this. That's crazy. If we did cover this and we're all blanking on it, that shows you exactly what the beginning of 2021 said about the WWE. Wex, what did we have in January for AEW as far as our TV specials or pay-per-views or what did we have from from that? First big thing that happened, uh, let's see, January 2021. I think, well, late in, in December, we'll go back to December of 2020, Kenny Omega won the AEW World Championship. Yes. And that winter is coming special. And that kind of kicked off leading into the beginning of 2020. And their first pay-per-view was. uh was the first one of the year for AEW. What's it called? Not double or nothing, but. Uh, Revolution. Revolution was in Revolution. March. And yeah, was they, they did do the uh, the two night. The thing. This is where my screenshots. Oh, from. the New Year's. The New Year's dash part night one and two where we saw Kenta. Mm hmm. That was pretty. That that was the beginning of the Forbidden Door. Yeah, and that's also when we saw uh, the Bucks and the Brothers and Omega and Callus actually line it up. Yeah, well, this, the it, fir- it, well, this is, was the first time they did it because it like remember yeah, they New did Year's it Smash. and th- yeah New Year's Smash night one. Remember that they too sweeted them right? Or is this the second time? Because remember they joined with them for a minute, then they kind of was like, no, we're gonna be good guys, and then they joined back with them again. Yeah, I can't remember which one this was. I just know that this was one of those like, hey, we saw these five guys and it's, it, you know, monumental. I do remember that. This is the formation of the super elite, I guess, as we know it today. The super elite. Yeah, that's crazy. And that was all in January, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the New Year smash. It was like, yeah, right after that. And that's when we saw Kenta. And that's when we kind of learned the Forbidden Door was really a thing. And we still think about the teases we got from the Bullet Club versus the Super Elite just from back then. It's just been slowly building up to now, which we'll get to eventually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been crazy. I mean, AEW has done fantastic. What did we have from Impact in uh, January? Like, as far as Impact Plus specials or pay-per-views? We had, two, or... we had one Impact Plus. Impact Plus. <laughs> Impact Plus. Impact Plus. Impact Plus special in the... In the frame of Genesis, which was the Super X Cup predominantly, and we saw a whole bunch of different talents in that. Uh, like, you know, there are a whole bunch of people. Blake Christian, Crazy Steve, Ace Austin, Cousin Jake, Trey Lamar, uh, Davari, Casey Navarro, Suicide, so on and so forth. Willie Mack versus Moose in an I Quit match, which I remember being particularly fun. Jordan Grace against Jazz, which was oh, always yeah. going to have my heart. And then we had Hard to Kill which was, you know, had a whole bunch of people kind of, you know, making their way. This is to me kind of a page turner for impact in a, in a lot of ways. We had a lot of really good matches. I would say primarily highlighted by, I really liked fire and Flava versus havoc and Nevea for the knockouts tag team championships. I thought that was a fantastic match. Deanna Perrazzo versus Taya Valkyrie for the impact knockouts championship. This was the famed Ethan page versus the karate man. Oh, oh yes. yes, a whole lot of fun. God, I'm uh, Eddie man. Edwards defeats Sammy Callahan in the Barbed Wire Massacre, which ended up being a much better match than I thought it was going to be. And then we saw 
Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan, Chris Saban, and Moose in a six-man tag team match that I seem to remember being the shit. Yeah, yeah it was really good. I remember, I remember loving that as well. Um, over here on the WWE side, moving on in February. Uh, what do we have here? Hang on. February, we had... We haven't hit Royal Rumble yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Yeah, so we had, we had the Royal Rumble... And that was January 27th, I believe. Yeah, so the Royal Rumble was... Who was the, what was the main event at Royal Rumble? Let me pull that up. I believe Sorry. it was Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, I mean, like, what was the, uh, what was the uh, like, t- main title match? That's... Who was the focus on at that point? This is the fun part. This is the fun part, man. This is the fun part. Okay. Oh, yeah. So it was Edge. Uh, Edge won the Royal Rumble, but yeah, we had McIntyre and Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, McIntyre and Goldberg. And we had Roman Reigns versus uh, Kevin Owens, which I do actually remember that one being pretty damn good. I thoroughly forgot that Goldberg was already in the WWE in this calendar year, and here we have him coming back out again. Wow. Yeah, already. They're going back to the well hard. Already. Already pushing that button. I know that over on the AEW side for the TV specials in February, we had uh, Beach Break, right? Mm-hmm. Beach Break. Yes, we did. What was, on, what was on Beach Break? That involved Orange Cassidy. Hold on. Facing. Orange Cassidy. I don't. I think that dude is like. I feel like 2021 has to be his peak year, like, or he's gonna have to change. I mean, something's gonna have to change. Like he, I don't, I don't, like I, lo- I love the gimmick. I know it's it's super over. I'm not saying it's not, but it's like he's a gimmick guy, right? I mean, it can't last forever, right? Yeah. So the, actually, the main event was a six man tag: Kenny Omega and the Good Bros going up against Moxley and Ray Phoenix and Pac. And that mm. was actually a pretty solid match, even though I'm not a fucking not a very big fan. And then we saw that Lumberjack match with Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston. Uh, Adam Page uh, and Matt Hardy tag-teaming together, defeating the Chaos Project. That's when he was trying to, you know, bring him yeah. over after he had his big falling out with the Elite and everything. Uh, Britt Baker defeated Thunder Rosa by knockout. I, really, I don't remember that, but her defeating her by knockout, but she defeated Thunder Rosa. Wow. I mean, I think that's what that match was referred to as like, it was supposed like that. That was like how it was won. Technically it was a, like a no answer or whatever. Oh, okay. Like a last woman standing or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. And then, uh, Jericho won the tag team battle Royale for him on the opening match of the night. Eliminating Darius Martin from, uh, what's the, their tag team? Airwolf. Was that, no, that was his name. <laughs> Top flight. Top flight. Airwolf was his Airwolf name. Right? Close enough. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Airwolf was like him or his brothers. That was like their name. Yeah. That was like their nickname. Airwolf oh, wow. and then uh, what was the other one's name? I do not recall. Oh, flight. Wow. I mean, they're 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 trying. They're doing some good things over there for sure. One what do we got, have? In, go ahead. I'll say one of them got hurt. But uh, the next thing I think we have should be the pay-per-view, right? Because uh, that's February. What else we got February for Impact? I got an impact show. We got a, there's a lot of WWE in February, I gotta say. But before yeah. that, we do have Impact No Surrender, which is a pretty good show. Uh, my biggest takeaways from No Surrender, what 
we finally get to call Jake something, Jake something, which I was very glad that they went ahead and turned that curve. Um, yeah. That made sense. A triple threat revolver to determine the number one contender for the Impact X Division Championship. Josh Alexander, Ace Austin, Blake Christian, Chris Bay, Davari, Suicide, Trey Miguel, and Willie Mack. And Josh Alexander comes out on top. But that match was crazy as fuck. And just like it should be, a standout for the X Division and exactly what that whole thing is all about. <laughs> also, three-way for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. Chris Saban and James Storm as a tag team. Private Party, accompanied by Matt Hardy, of course, got that magic killer and the one, two, three from the motherfucking Good Brothers who took home the World Tag Team Championships. And Just Rich Swan defeated Tommy Dreamer by pinfall for the Impact World Championship, which was also a banger of a match and had no right to be, but was very, very, very good. Yeah, we had, we had tons of stuff on the WWE side in February as well. We had TakeOver Vengeance Day. Uh, which is kind of weird play on Vengeance and then St. Valentine's Day thing. I remember that being pretty solid. It's Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne for the NXT Championship. I'm a big fan of both those guys, especially Pete Dunne. Um, yeah, and then we also had the Elimination Chamber, uh, which was a Drew McIntyre versus The Miz for the WWE Championship. Yeah, that's um, a, that put asses in seats, I'm sure. Yeah, that's it was, a stinker. Well, I'm pretty sure actually this was like we had the we had the elimination chamber, but then Miz or cashed it because he was money in the bank guy. He, remember he had like beat Otis to be the money in the bank. Yeah, uh, I, I think I actually rated that pretty high. I I I, I like the idea of. Of course you, of course you did. You. Yeah. I mean, so I like that. I I like the idea of Miz getting another little run. I knew it was going to be short lived, but that's what happened. I mean, Drew McIntyre wins the elimination chamber. Um, you know, listen, like we're, we're seven months deep. There's plenty to shit on for WWE, but, uh, you got to give them some sunshine when they get some sunshine and getting the Miz in 2021, a little world, little world title run, even if it's for a week, a I'm happy with a it. Happy with and it. when you have to, when you have to a apologize run. to USA for your sinking ratings and you have a reality television series with one guy, you better put the fucking strap on him for at least a week. So they know that, you know, that they're unhappy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I mean, absolutely. honestly, it's just like. Just like Kane's title reigns, it's not really a run. It's just it's there to serve it. a purpose. Legally it goes into the, it goes into the record books. The Miz is a two-time WWE champion. It is what it is. Moving on. How was March looking? How was WrestleMania getting close to WrestleMania season? How did it look for AEW in March? What were you? What were they doing in March? Well, AEW in March, uh, they had two big things. Of course, first they had. Their big old pay-per-view revolution, which was saw Sting return to the ring for the first time since 2015. Even though it was return a cinematic to the ring. match. Yeah, yeah. Even though it was a cinematic match, it was still his first wrestling match televised, whether beyond what the fuck ever. But yeah, you like that? He's I see the little casual thing. Oh, doing so good. Thing. I like that. Uh we and we saw the infamous amazing match, the exploding barbed wire death match that didn't have a very good explosion. But the actual match itself was pretty good. Even Onita said it was okay. He said that the he, he Onita praised it as being a good match. And the explosions during the match before like the actual big one, they were pretty sick. I think it worked. And one of the coolest spots ever, uh, Kenny Omega hit the one wing angel, and you know no one kicks out of that. And Mox didn't kick out. He made the fucking thing explode to get the pin to get the kick out from the pin, which I loved. Thought John Moxley is worse than ruthless aggression, John Cena. 
He's pretty bad, but we saw and we saw the debuts of Maki Ito, Ethan Page, and Christian Cage. That was all in March, right? All in that that's all in that pay-per-view. And then after the pay-per-view, we get the Blood and Guts special, which had the infamous Chris Jericho bump. That well, he that was in May. That was in May. May? Yeah. That was in that March. Was in May. No, Blood and Guts was in May. We all we did wrong, we got that wrong, wrong M month, guys. It, it was uh, it was like St. Patrick's Day Slam or something like that. that oh they did. yes, TV the, special. The greatest pitcher meme ever came out during that uh, special with Pentagon Junior with the little uh, leprechaun hat on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> what did uh what what did Impact do during the ramp up for like uh, WrestleMania season around this year? So they had a show called. Sacrifice. It was on Saturday, March the 13th. It was yet another special. Wasn't, you know. Impact's been pretty smart, just like AEW has about spacing out their actual pay-per-view events, like the big money stuff. A lot of the same (coughs) multi-person matches that we see, you know, all of the time. There was a a hold harmless match with Eddie Edwards and Brian Myers, which I thought was kind of hilarious because Brian Myers was like, amping up an eye injury, which, you know, hearkening back to Eddie Edwards getting his right. uh, his orbital bone broken legitimately by a baseball shot by Sammy Callahan and all that fun shit. I thought that was fucking hilarious. It was a really great X Division match with Ace Austin and TJP. Yeah. To me, this is like development stuff for them to really get out. Uh, one big change that we did see here, we saw the Good Brothers unfortunately lose the Impact World Tag Team Championships to the one and only Argyle Never Loses Finn Juice. And that That's was right. a huge move, I think. The, uh, the you know Having a New Japan tag team come over and take it. Obviously, there's background between these four guys, and I, I thought that was genius on the part of Impact Wrestling. And then Rich Swan versus Moose to unify the Impact World and TNA World Heavyweight Championships. And by unify... It's the same as it was when they unified WCW and WWE, or they just—it's just two belts. So, yeah, yeah, you know, more gold to be boggled down with, more shit to carry through the airport. You know what I'm saying? I love it. I love that idea, though. I actually always yeah. like the two-strap thing. It looks cool, especially now that you're doing the whole belt collector gimmick. But we'll get to that shortly. Let's talk about March and gearing up for WrestleMania season. Here, uh, we had Fastlane, uh, also from the Thunderdome. And it was Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Universal Championship. It was the first ever event to air on Peacock. It was when the WWE Network uh, was, we were running everything on there. It was actually, you were still able to watch it on the WWE Network. I think I did. Uh, But I also did have Peacock at this point. So it's also, uh, you know what? I feel like they, they caught up pretty quickly. You know, we were all worried about the transition from the network to Peacock. And, you know, the first month or so was a little rough, but, you know, they've caught up. Everything's there. I like the interface. I like Peacock as a whole. I think there's lots of stuff stuff on there worth watching. It's worth having. I enjoy it. Uh, but that's, it's sad that the only thing that I can really remember about Fastlane is that it was on Peacock. And that's, that's what that tells you, you know. Uh, what do we have? Uh, what do we have in March for? I guess we have uh, March was we already covered that for AEW, yeah, right? We we did miss one very important thing: uh, the Crossroads special, which we saw the debut right, of right, Paul White right. and that's that Shaquille right, O'Neal yeah. tag team match. Yeah, and we saw the, the final uh, Rio Mizunami versus Nyla Rose in the women's championship tournament, and yeah, that was a pretty pretty. I wouldn't say super monumental, but it had some pretty solid things going there. We had a debut of Paul White. We had to see yeah. Shaq finally get in the ring and do some shit. He, I, he was not bad, actually. 
take a bump through a table. Maybe we'll finally get that Shaq versus Big Show match because we all want to see that, right? Everybody oh, wants yeah. to see that. That's the thing that we all want to see in the ring. It's got to be a we table match. God I could care less, to be honest. But uh, And we already t- touched over that uh, St. Patrick's Day special, which saw the debut of the Pinnacle. Oh, that's right. The yeah, that's which is right. A pretty big thing. And we saw that Britt Baker lights out match with Dr. I mean, Dr. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa that was bloody and gnarly and great and fantastic. That's why I'm expecting lots of blood tomorrow night with Nick fucking Gage and Jericho. It'll be sick. I'm excited about it. Let's get through uh, Let's get through the rest of these events for WWE. I'm just going to go through the entire WrestleMania weekend real, here, real quick. We had a TakeOver Stand and Deliver two-night special. I really hope they stop doing that now that uh, we're in the post-pandemic era. I really hope that it's back to one TakeOver on Saturday and one WrestleMania on Sunday. If you didn't make the card, you didn't make the card. Don't make the card bigger just to get other guys on it that shouldn't honestly be on there to begin with. Uh, night one, fifteen other specials. It's so you'll get yeah, a of match. Yeah, of course. Takeover, stand and deliver. Um, it was, it was pretty good for what it was. Uh, it, they it, night one was Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez. A huge fan of Io Shirai. I thought she was great in the match. Still don't think it was the right thing to do to put Raquel Gonzalez over there, but it was what it was. Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole was the headliner of night two. Phenomenal, phenomenal match. Really good stuff. Possibly match of the year in NXT, to be honest. Uh, at least thus far. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for the WWE Women's SmackDown Championship uh, was night one of the and the main event for WrestleMania. And then night two was Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan in a triple threat match for the WWE Universal Championship. Obviously, Roman Reigns coming out. And after this, WrestleMania is really when we start diving into the Tribal Chief and the Acknowledge Me uh, storyline that everyone is, oh, is okay. tending to enjoy. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of that as well. Um, so what do we have coming out of, let's just, co- let's just go to, go to like May. What do we, what was the next pay-per-view after AEW after that on AEW after blood and guts? They just had their last one, right? Their most recent one they had. Uh, let's see double or nothing. May the 30th. That was, uh, right after the yeah, episode. So yeah. It was blood and guts before double or nothing or after double or nothing. Blood and Guts was May the 1st. It was before, yeah, it was May the 5th. So then we got, so that's what we had on the docket for May. We had Blood and Guts and the big old Double or Nothing pay-per-view. And Blood and Guts, you know, as we know, the first half of it was taped. And then the main event was just one show saw for the live crowd. We saw that bump that people gave Chris Jericho shit about. But he turns out he actually broke his elbow. And yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was bad because that shit fucking hurts. And I'd like, why, you know, die, but. I get, I get, I get it. You know, we got some crazy fans, but in the the double or nothing pay-per-view, we got to see the second ever stadium stampede match, which had the inner circle versus the pinnacle yet again, just like they had the big blood and guts. So it's kind of like, I don't really want to say, I guess the blow off because they're all still feuding individually right now as we speak. So I feel like this feud's going to go on forever. And it has the potential to go on forever just because of all the different pieces of it. Yeah, but it's not bad. I mean, I think that the work is good. I mean, I think that the, that the booking is working, especially the long-term booking. I mean, we're getting this Nick Gage match because still of Pinnacle versus Inner Circle, essentially. Yeah, Although I, I feel like the Inner Circle is actually going to slowly – I don't think they're going to break up. I think <laughs> they're just going to slowly disintegrate. Like, I think that, you know, Conan's now full-time, and he's going to be with, you know, essentially with Pride – Proud and powerful. I think Sammy's just going to go off and be a you know solo guy. 
Hager is probably going to go do some MMA and come back as a solo guy. Jericho's probably going to transition into commentary sooner than later. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't think inner circle needs a big breakup angle or anything, but you know, yeah. Well, I will say on that pay-per-view though, on the fucking pre-show, we got that fantastic Riho and Serena D D match for the NWA women's world championship. That was like the best pre-show match that I've seen in years. It was very good. Yeah. I remember that as well. Yeah. We got the young bucks, uh, defending the tag titles against, um, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, which Eddie Kingston, I feel bad for him having to be with John Moxley because Eddie Kingston carries that team, in my opinion. A hundred percent on the mic, in the ring. Yeah, everywhere. Jungle Boy won the casino battle royale. Cody Rhodes beat Anthony Agogo. Fucking garbage. And uh, I sent them a picture the other day. I did one of those mystery shirts on pro wrestling tees. And that's the shirt I fucking got. Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. Yeah, so I'd, be, I'd be so bummed. Yes, I'm I'm very upset. And the funny thing is, is the first shirt they sent me was too big, and it was a sick Road Warrior shirt. And then I sent it back, and I was like, oh, y'all got me the wrong size. Like, all right, we'll send you a new shirt. It took months, and then I get a fucking Cody Rhodes, Anthony Agogo shirt. I would, I, dude, I would literally write, I, yeah, I would, I would not, that would not stand. I would yeah, be I like, mean, bro. It was, it was supposed to be a mystery shirt, so it's like I can't complain about the design, but I went from a Road Warrior shirt to I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would have been like, no, no, I want this shirt just in my size. Like, I would have been but that also guy. Would be like, like, yo, y'all purposely did this shit to me because I had to send it back. Yeah, <laughs> I should have just kept the fucking shirt that was too big and just wore, just you know, kept it. Been appreciative of the road warriors. You just cut that shit up, bro. Yeah, yeah. that's what I should have done. Use it, work, use it a workout shirt. Exactly. Damn, and we uh, what else we got on there? Miro beat. Uh, Lance Archer, which was an alright match, wasn't amazing. Uh, Britt Baker beat Hikaru Shida by submission to become the new AEW Women's World Champion. Darby Allen and Steen defeated Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Kenny Omega beat, uh, oh yeah, he defeated Orange Cassidy and Pack in a three-way match. And in the stadium stampede, we had the Inner Circle win, and Sammy Guevara got the win for the team there at the end. It was a pretty cool match, pretty wild. I enjoyed it. I like what AEW is doing at this time. And oh shit! All right. Oh yeah, and we saw Leo Rush make his debut and then never wrestle again for AEW. Yeah. <laughs> Leo yeah. Rush, man. God, that guy. All right, I'm just gonna knock out the rest of this summer real quick because I'm like tired of talking about these WWE shows because there's like a bajillion of them and we've we covered them all. To one Impact show in April that was very important. Whenever okay. you're done doing no, whatever hit, you want to do. Hit it. Hit 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 me with it. Hit let's it. talk about. Let's talk, right. talk about Impact. April 25th, Rebellion. This was a page turner for Impact, which is why I'm coming back to this. This is a big deal. Yeah. Obviously, Agreed. with Impact and the Forbidden Door and everything that's happened so far in 2021, what we're kind of seeing, in my opinion, as we watch the trend, is what we wish we would have seen during the invasion angle. Like, we're seeing some of the people that should have been used from the top tier of one right. company being able to share around some other companies. Yeah. And right now... It's AEW and Impact. Obviously, yeah. we're seeing the involvement of New Japan. Finjuice was one of the first little dip, you know, toe dips in the water. Happens here again. But we saw a fantastic three-way for the X Division title between Josh Alexander, Ace Austin, and TJP. Absolutely fucking phenomenal match. Yeah. We also saw Violent by Design joined by none other than what was their secret partner, which none of us knew at the time, Captain Gas Station, W. Morrissey, a.k.a. Big Cass. <laughs> Big ass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just ripped the shit out of Saban, Edwards, James Storm, and Billy Mack. 
Uh, Brian Myers defeated Matt Cardona. Everybody always wanted to see that, right? Yeah. Uh, we have a whole bunch of other really great matches on the card. Finjuice defeat the Good Brothers again to retain the Impact World Tag Team Championships. Deanna defeats Tennille. And then we see Kenny Omega defeat Rich Swan for the winner-takes-all Impact World Championship, AEW World Championship match. And the reason that this is key this year is that we see Rich Swan come from a complete underling level in the WWE, go to Impact, obviously through GCW and plenty of other platforms, become the Impact World Champion, and have a shot at the AEW World Championship. And there were minutes in this match, this match was so fucking good. Yeah, there, there were good. several moments in this match that it was believable that Swan was going to walk away with the pony. And I thought that was phenomenal. I thought it was great booking. It helps both companies. It helps elevate all of their stars. Kenny Omega, belt collector, also completely works for that moment. Just very important to me in terms of the first half of 2021 in pro wrestling. Agreed. Agreed. Fully agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, everything else that we have from WWE, like we've, I mean, guys, check the archives. It's, I mean, this is just a couple weeks old. We had the takeover in your house, which was actually pretty solid. Karrion Cross versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano versus Pete Dunne. Way too many people for an NXT championship match. We talked about that. Um, we also had the last ever, thank God, Thunderdome show, which was Hell in a Cell. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Last chance in a Hell in a Cell match. Um, and then this past pay-per-view that we literally just covered money in the bank is uh, Roman Reigns versus Edge for the Universal Championship. Um, I mean, I, I'll say that, like, out of all three companies, WWE is the least appealing right now. And I feel like that's the first time I can say that pretty objectively. Um, is it also and- safe to say, though, that it, they're the most appealing right now that they've been in a long time? No, I don't think so. I think they're the most appealing. I think they're still the least appealing, but I feel like they're the most appealing that they've. Well, been. I guess to find long time. I guess to find long time. You know what I mean? I like, mean are we talking me, like a year? Are we talking five years? I'd say five years. Ah, give me 2016 WWE over this any day, any day. Okay, so just a, a small and curly hair shy away from five years, then I guess. <laughs> 16 to 20, 16 to 21. That, that's five not years. Much. Yeah, that's yeah. five years. It's a rough five years. That's a rough five years for yeah, sure. Five years. They're still better right now than they have been in the majority of that time, I would say. But okay. still the least appealing. Yes, the least appealing out of all three major wrestling um, companies. And that's not to mention companies like Ring of Honor, who are still, I mean, regardless of, of, of people coming to shows, they're putting out great stuff. GCW, who's, uh, dude, this, this show is definitely going like the next paper next event on fight is going to get more buys it's going to be watched more like so they're doing they're doing three cup stuff which is going to be insane but they're also now doing the art of war games which is Nick Gage and his yeah. crew versus the fucking 440 crew like oh. Jesus Christ well, I'm more interested in that than I am anything going on with WWE I can tell you that right now yeah and that's what I'm saying too like there's these there's these underling companies or underneath companies that I feel like are really growing to MLW getting MLW their vice deal crushing right now. Yes. Yes, looking so good. I mean uh, I think that they're I mean those Dude, are like MLW is you know they're basically you know what they're going to bring they're basically bringing back Lucha Underground on vice but calling it Azteca Underground. Yeah. They're going to uh, have yeah. Milmore they're going to have Milmortez but his name is whatever now. And they're gonna have a lot. They're trying to get a bunch of the same wrestle. Like oh, Dario Suarez is in there under under his name, running the fucking thing. Like watch Battle Riot. It's on YouTube for free right now. The most recent one, and it's a great forty man battle royal. 
It's fucking incredible. Blue Mini's in there. <laughs> there's, I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's a really fun watch, but there's also a ton of amazing count, talent. They got Alex fucking Kane, yep. Kevin Koo, Don Garini, Tom Law. Like, it's fucking great. Yeah. There's not. Wrestling I mean, is literally the best it's been like, ever. I feel like wrestling is is as good as it was back in like yeah the old the 2014 to 15 16 NXT when like when PWG was hot like yeah. I feel like it's getting back to like that level again and then if Brian Danielson and CM Punk both come back to wrestling to which, whichever company they come to yeah it's crazy man <laughs> I think that we're all sitting on I will say that for half a year's review um you know I'm I'm gonna be honest like even though 2001 you know arguably the greatest WrestleMania like I would rather have as a wrestling fan, I'd rather I'd rather have this year, this, yes. this first half of a year, than 2001s. Am I am I yes. is that unanimous here with the K Fab comparison? I wouldn't have thought it at the time. Yeah, but yes, yeah. but I mean, and that's the thing I, too. Like 2001 was great. It yeah. was a great year. Like, Dude, but think about it. Everybody, there's no more competition. They're all to. It's like they're all together in this one company, and you don't have that variety. Like now, like dude, we have. The, the tiers yeah. of the levels of companies and on yeah. each level and tier, the fucking quality of the wrestling is good from all the way from GCW to impact, like all the way up, yeah. even fucking random indie stuff on IWTV that a lot of like casual fans don't know fucking great. Like just wrestling right now is amazing. Yeah. I also think too, I mean, you got to 2001 is a very informative year for why 2021 even exists in just centering around Chris Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, you're looking yeah. at the fact that without Stone Cold doing what he did, without Triple H being injured, without all of that playing in exactly how it did, you look at the tail end of the year as the unification of the titles, and he becomes the first undisputed champion, which very legitimized Chris Jericho in the eyes oh, of yeah. everybody. It made him a main eventer. And then now he's the centerpiece around the beginning of this promotion that's now you know closing in on three years old or whatever. But at the same time, like. A lot of it does revolve around the shit that he does, and it's it's hu- and the New Japan, him going over there. You want to talk about opening the forbidden door? Let's be honest, like that's really when it happened. No, it's because Booker T and Vince McMahon screwed Stone Cold. <laughs> <laughs> what? But yeah, that's the uh, I don't know. It's it, it's it's humorous for me to see. So here's my million dollar question. Okay, and you guys can take your time, Daniel. I'm going to start with you. Wes, you can go second, and then I will close it. Who do you think was the breakout star, or not? I, I wouldn't say breakout star, but the most defined star of both years, two thousand one, two thousand twenty-one. The one who has owned it and turned it into something that I think no one thought they would have. Well, thus far, I mean, we're only halfway through the year, but I would say thus far. Uh, in WWE, it's 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 Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, it, it has to be. Um, I mean, there's there's. I mean, even though it was a massive failure with the heel turn, there's still a lot of hype. I mean, I mean, when all during this quote unquote heel run, he's still got a lot of eyes on him. He's still the most popular, you know, wrestler in the world. I mean, he's still the number one. He's still Stone Cold Steve Austin. And honestly, um, 2001, some of his best promos and funny shit, funniest for shit. Sure, for sure, for sure. Now, as far as 2021, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know how you can't say. Oh God, actually, it's pretty tough. 
How about one guy from each company since WWF owned everything at that point? You want to say the mil- guy, wait, one guy from each company in which year? Well, yeah, no, no. I, I like the idea of I think one guy overall, and so yeah, it's, okay. to me, it's tough. It's tough. I, I mean, it's either God. Um, I mean, it's got to be Kenny Omega. It's got to be Kenny Omega. It has to be. I mean, I, I mean, the belt collector, the crossing the lines. I mean, there's. I, I think it's. I mean, also not to mention like the guy's never been a WWE guy ever, and that that's a massive thing. Like that that matters a lot. Like you know. Um, it's got to be Kenny, but I mean, my honorable mention would be Roman Reigns. I think he's really turned the corner this year. I think that he's this tribal chief, this this heel, this real true heel run with him is the best thing he's ever done, and it's the best thing that WWE has going. I mean, period. That's that's where I'm at. Mr. Wexley, breaking the Lawson, your king of 2001 thus far, your king of 2021 thus far. I mean, I even said it as we started this, and it's kind of hard to argue with him. Stone Cold, I mean, he had so much momentum up at that. Uh, he had so much momentum up until that point, 2001, and Kenny Omega, same thing. And like they basically were the top guy. They at at this point in that year, at this point this year, they are the top guys in the wrestling industry, respectively, for both years. Like n- no doubt about it. And yeah, I mean, it's just it's kind of obvious, but it's kind of hard to argue with that shit. I mean, Austin was 2001 was his last great run, I think, even though he technically went into like 2003 legally, but not really. But 2001 was basically his final run, and it was a it was monumental. And but the thing is, for Kenny Omega, this is definitely not his. This is like his. I feel like he's just he's in his prime. He's gonna be around for a little while longer. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got That's the only difference is Austin. This was like the end, the tail end of the short-lived Stone Cold Steve Austin character career. And I feel like this is like the genesis of Kenny Omega in America finally becoming yes. the top guy. Yes, yes, I would agree. I would agree. Well, I can't disagree with the 2021. I, obviously, Kenny Omega has bridged bridges. And the reason that I say nobody would have expected it is if you watch that first iteration of AEW for a long time I think everyone was complaining that they weren't seeing what they thought was going to come of Kenny Omega coming to America and you know transcending New Japan and so on and so forth so I think it was a pleasant surprise once he did how many different records kind of got broken I do disagree on 2001 it's Kurt Angle dude Angle for okay okay I I can't disagree with that either dude that's you also got to say in by June of 2001 Dude's been in the business on a professional level for less than two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. He has already been champ. He's already been the main event of of most of the pay-per-views he's been in. And it's just one of those situations where he is, I mean, basically the whole crux of how the invasion thing went down was Austin turning on Angle. I mean, he was turning on the WWF, but turning on Angle was kind of the thing. Yeah, because like, they had that little, like, gimmicky, funny relationship going on for the longest. Yeah. And also, if I look at that, if I look at, like, if you if you were to meet in the middle and you go 10 years to the front and 10 years to the back, 2011 Angle KO, good God. What a match. Kenny Omega versus Kurt Angle in 2011. Oh, Woof. yeah, that'd be insane. That would be really, yeah, because that, that, would 2011 be Perk Angle? Uh, a little, yeah. but... But he was still he could still go like 
No, but Perk Angle could go. Perk Angle could fucking <laughs> yeah. wrestle, dude. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, he could definitely he, still go. I, I wouldn't say it was his prime, but he could definitely still go. When he was perked up, he just he couldn't feel no pain, so he could just go and he could have some sick ass matches back then. I mean, yeah. If you went 01 Angle versus 21 Omega, woo! When you mentioned that, you know, 01 uh, Kurt Angle's only been in the business for two years. He's having fucking like five, like four or five star matches with Chris Benoit, who's like a fucking veteran who's been in the business at for I don't know how long at that point. And bro, if we're, okay, if we're being crazy, and Kurt though, Angle is just out there just going with him, just like it's nothing, making it look fucking great, and already holding the strap and already being a face of the company for many months. I mean, like that's nuts. If we're being crazy though, ninety seven HBK versus twenty twenty one Kenny Omega. Ooh, done. oh, walk my away. God. Walk away. No one could ever touch it for the rest of time. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure Omega could carry his ball in that one because it would have to be more than just a wrestling match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Sean could keep up with everything that happens. Yeah. And I think I think that seeing Sean with his style at that point being the heel and having Kenny because Kenny wrestles like a baby face. He's not. He's not a heel. He doesn't pour on. He's not a heel. No, he's not a heel. Like. I mean, he's he's a heel because he's cocky and he's super good. Like that's, but he's not. Because, yeah, he wrestles like a baby face. Just like ninety-seven. Sean was a heel, like yeah. heel, heel. Oh, it would be so, so, so good, dude. God, it would be so good. Yeah, that's funny because you were have they wrestled. The young Bucks were joking about people like you know we still wrestle like baby faces. We're just assholes now. Yeah, it's pretty much true. That's yeah, it's pretty much true. That's true. that's, that's true. the way it works. That's the way it works. Just like, like Kurt Angle said, it's true. It's, it's damn, damn true. Well, boys, I don't know how else we can end the show, but I think that, uh, you know, 2021 is winning this kayfabe comparison thus far halfway through the year. Uh, let's see what we got coming up next week. We have Elite AEW's, AEW's, <laughs> AEW's Fight for the Fall in 2021 versus WWE Battleground 2016. Not much t- WWE 2016. Maybe I'm going to be eating my words when I say, like, oh, give me that WWE 2016 all day long. Maybe I'll uh, get a little taste of my own medicine here on next week's show. I'm pretty sure that's some John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose type shit. Right? I, I put this, I put Battleground 2016 in strictly for the Shield fan in Mr. Noah. Oh, I'm, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm gonna, so, yeah, maybe, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm gonna take it. Uh, Fight for the Fallen should be good. I, what do we even have on that show? I know we have. Fight I know we have a. Uh, fallen. Let's see. Uh, wait, is that that's? We got that Gage a, and Jericho. Yeah, Gage and Jericho, right? That's Gage, Gage and Jericho. Gage and Jericho. What? Oh, and Cody and Malachi, right? Cody and Malachi. Yes. And then I mean, uh, Jun- and, and Jungle Boy Kenny Omega, right? Oh. Wait, wait, no. Who who is facing Kenny Omega? Somebody's facing Kenny Omega. I think my dad's actually facing Kenny Omega. Oh, it's your dad. That, that makes no, sense. Oh, um, we're getting Hiko, Hiko Leo. Facing Kenny Omega. Yeah. We're getting Lance Archer versus uh, Hiko Leo from the Bullet Club. So maybe, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. maybe we'll get some more Bullet Club people showing up and some more uh, Forbidden Door action. Like we already, We've already saw Jay White on Impact. We've already seen Chris Bay join the Bullet Club. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, and then also the following week, it's going to be – Lots of comedy because it's WCW Hog Wild 1996 versus TNA Hard Justice 2006. Uh, yeah, 
So I feel like you really stack, stack the deck there, Mr. Booker Man, with like really good stuff next week and just like piled on the shit poop for the. Uh, oh, yeah. And we got all the Super our... Elite versus the Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page. Oh, shit. There you go. That's fun. Yeah. The, nice. uh, the comedy show the following week is going to be YouTube clip worthy, I'm sure. Oh. I've been, uh, I watched Hogwild again last night and I've been listening up and reading up on, I mean, it's the Sturgis show. It's. Oh. Oh. Uh, it's worth it for for a couple of notes alone to be quite frank it is such a good show and then hard justice 2006 is like right when tna is trying to get the swing of things there's some good matches on it there's some stinkers but at the same time like there there's some suitable comparisons to be sure yeah nice well you know what that's gonna wrap it up for us boys um, you can always find me at Daniel Daybreak. You can always find the show at kfabe.com on all the socials, except for TikTok. It's at kfabe.com pod on TikTok because Wex is an imbecile. Um, yeah. You can always be sure to hit that subscribe button. He leaves that five-star review. Go ahead and click on that link to our Patreon account. $4.99 gets you this show in video format the day we record it. Or lots of, actually, most of the time the next morning because I have a life. Uh, and then... You know, yeah, there's some other good stuff up there. We got some bonus shows. Um, just lots of us just being stupid and ridiculous. It's only five bucks. Come throw your boys five dollars. Hit that link. Jesse, where can people find you, man? You can find me at Jesse Baker Nash on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at regular old Jesse Baker on Facebook. You can also look up the 50 for 50 series at exitin.com, which yeah, baby. quite soon may or may not include one of my cohorts here. And the Springwater Supper Club and Lounge, where August 17th, 10 p.m. door, 11 p.m. showtime, $20. You can buy tickets at thespringwater.com. The Good Motherfucking Brothers, an evening with the Good Brothers, the Big LG Dot Gallows, and Machine Gun Carl Anderson. It's going to be stories following an impact taping. It's going to be real, real fun. Everybody's going to be a little bit litsky. Going to be a good time. I am super, super, super excited about that. Uh, yeah, love to be in the biz clips with those boys. Hey, uh, Wex, where can people find you? Find your boy Wex at Wex Breaking the Lawson on Instagram. Wex Breaking the on Twitter because I couldn't fit the Lawson. And I'm actually Wex Breaking the Lawson on TikTok now, too. Also, I finally hopped up and made a solo TikTok. It's just skateboarding. Yeah, he could get right that now. one right, guys. He got that one right the first time, right away. <laughs> I actually could check. Actually, have changed my name, so you might be able to change it. So, sorry, son of a. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for us. We will see you guys next week. We're out. <laughs>